0: Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick.
1: Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. 16 years ago, Planned Parenthood opened a giant abortion facility in Aurora, Illinois. It did so under a cloud of suspicion and despite objections from the pro-life and faith communities. Life activists marked the anniversary of that opening with a prayer vigil near the facility where an estimated 400 surgical abortions are committed every month. One of the speakers at the vigil was the Reverend Randy Schoeff, the pastor of the Warehouse Church in Aurora, challenged attendees to continue to pray and counsel outside the abortion center.
2: Along with those, many of the psalmists that, are, that write in the book of Psalms that we have in Scripture, along with them, we say, how long, O Lord? How long, O Lord? And I just want to encourage you folks to even greater obedience based on love. We obey God because we love God, and we can only love God because he first loved us. He proved his love for us, and that while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. And because of that, we recognize the value of life. But here it is, the end of 1 Corinthians 15, after Paul talks about all this amazing stuff that goes along with the the truth of the resurrection from the dead. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully. You get the emphasis? Always and fully, not a little bit, to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. It is always worth it to obey God. It is always right. There are so many factors, so many things going on here in this dynamic of Planned Parenthood. When you come out here to sidewalk counsel or to pray, sometimes you don't even know why you should come out. I remember during that time of the the 24-hour prayer vigil 16 years ago, being right out there on the the sidewalk, and the Holy Spirit, a few times, not a lot, but two or three, woke me up in the middle of the night, two o'clock, three o'clock, and I was impressed. Go out there to Planned Parenthood, go out there to sidewalk, and there almost always would, would be a group of guys out there that I could join with and hopefully encourage them, and they absolutely encourage me. And man, what a good thing. Our Father in Heaven does not forget about that. We're not doing it just for the reward, but we get a reward in this present life by knowing that we are doing the best we can with as much as we know to obey the Lord. And it's so important that we have opportunities like this to encourage one another. I know that I need it, definitely, but it's more worth it to be able to be out here with sisters and brothers who love Jesus, who love babies in the womb, who realize that this is truly the work of eternity that we do out here. And we all wish and hope for and prayed fervently that Planned Parenthood never would have opened. And we're praying in the same way, seriously, fervently, that this place would be shut down. Some people have prayed that it could be turned into something life-giving. That's up to God. and We have to remember that God is sovereign. He is holy, he is perfect. My timetable is not perfect. I, again, I wish this would have, place would have never opened, but it has. And so God in his, again, wisdom, sovereignty, knowledge of everything, he's able to redeem, he's able to restore, he's able to put every wrong right. And in the light of eternity, he absolutely will. You can count on that. God will make every wrong, every, every baby's life who's been taken here will be made right. And I would also pray, God, would you have mercy on your church? Would you help us to see things as you do and to be as serious about the things which you want us to be serious about as, as we can be and have even greater obedience based on love?
1: The Reverend Randy Shove, the pastor of the Warehouse Church in Aurora. After the prayer vigil where the pastor spoke, Illinois Family Spotlight spoke with Eric Scheidler, the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League. Eric, it's been 16 years since this giant Planned Parenthood opened in Aurora, allegedly under false pretenses. There's been litigation, uh, rallies, prayers, protests. Where are you now in the fight against this big abortion center?
3: Well, Planned Parenthood of Illinois has been expanding in recent years. They opened up this Planned Parenthood Center in Aurora back in 2007. They opened up a new facility down in Flossmoor in, uh, I believe it was 2019. They opened up a facility in Fairview Heights. They've opened another one in Joaquin. Planned Parenthood is on the warpath here in the state of Illinois. We have to face that squarely because it's a really tough situation. We have an extreme pro-abortion General Assembly down in Springfield. We have billionaire J.B. Pritzker hell-bent on sending every poor woman he possibly can to the abortionists so that he doesn't have to care for their children, so that he doesn't have to provide good schooling and good housing and good health care for any of these poor women's children. It's a grim situation but the good news is that we're able to push back when we organize as communities. Here in Aurora we've been praying, we've been protesting, we've been counseling women, we've even seen a state-of-the-art pregnancy center open up just a couple years ago right across the roadway from Planned Parenthood offering help to thousands of women. We saved hundreds of babies out here. We have witnessed to tens of thousands of people throughout the community. We have continued to grow. We've continued to add new prayer partners. We've had 40 Days for Life vigils going on out here. This place has become a place where God's hand is working. As evil as it is that an abortion clinic is open here in Aurora, so much good has come out of it. As grim of of an anniversary as this is, the incredible miracles that have happened, the way that God has brought people together, the way that He has saved children from abortion, the way He has saved couples, that He's saved families out here, it's truly inspiring and something that all of us can do. Even if our General Assembly is hell bent to expand abortion as much as they can, and even trying to silence sidewalk counselors as they've been doing, trying to silence pregnancy care centers, trying to trample on the consciences of health care workers, we can still come out to the abortion facilities ourselves. Stand in prayer, witness to the community, be that presence that convinces a woman to drive right past and never even go in for her abortion appointment. We can continue to do all of that. And so I have a tremendous sense of optimism for the pro-life movement, even as we face tremendous legal and political challenges.
1: Well, over the years, countless babies have been aborted here. It would seem, based on how many women are traveling from out of state to Illinois, that the numbers are increasing. Do you have to really kind of hone in now on how you reach these women? Well, it's a tremendous challenge that now
3: that Illinois has become the abortion capital of of at least the Midwest, if not the entire United States of America, we are surrounded by much more pro-life states. Indiana has just begun to enforce a new abortion ban. Iowa has just passed one. Wisconsin, it's a weird situation where a new Supreme Court might change the rules, but currently abortion is illegal there too under an old law. We have, you know, Kentucky, Missouri has banned abortion, so Illinois has become the abortion dumping ground for the entire Midwestern region. That presents tremendous challenges to us because if a woman from Aurora comes to this Planned Parented facility, we can take her to Waterleaf Women's Center right across the street. We can get her help right here in her own community. If she comes from Elgin, we know about the pregnancy centers there. We can put her in touch with them. But what if she comes from somewhere in southern Indiana? If she comes from, from from northern Wisconsin, or or even from. Mississippi from from Texas we've had women coming from far away how can we get them plugged in with with help imagine a a woman who had to drive out on a Saturday morning maybe an hour away she's gonna be in a different place mentally than a woman who drove 12 hours to get here you know 12 hours of questioning her decision and then recommitting herself to getting the abortion so much harder to reach that woman who's traveled that far away you know so much harder to plug her in so it's a tremendous challenge for us and we've seen abortions from out of state were already on the rise in Illinois before Roe v Wade was overturned and all these legal changes happened across the American landscape so it's going to get worse my hope is that as the years unfold and we see what it really means for women to be dragged to Illinois many of them underage girls who were being brought here by their by their exploiters the people of Illinois will begin to hear those stories they will hear about you know the the fifteen-year-old who was brought here by the, the basketball coach who's been abusing her to get that abortion so he can continue that abuse. They're so gonna hear about you know, the, the heartache and the misery of, of Illinois women who have been turned away from help by the state and told to just go get an abortion. As my fellow citizens hear these stories, I believe the landscape will change here in Illinois. It's going to take a tremendous amount of time. We've made a commitment in this state to expanding abortion as much as possible. That's gonna have ramifications. That's gonna have consequences. When we start to see those consequences, I think that's when the turn will really come. When people see how much sorrow and misery is left in the wake of this extremist abortion
1: policy, then maybe they'll be ready for a change. And do our pro-life politicians and candidates have to message better on this issue. Our politicians, our pro-life politicians, need to expose the abortion extremism on the other side. Exactly right. We have a winning issue here.
3: We're being told for the last two years that the end of Roe v. Wade is disastrous politically for the pro-life movement, that we're going to lose on this issue. Joe Biden's making it the centerpiece of his 2024 campaign. Abortion, 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 abortion. But the reality is that the Democrats are the extremists. The Democrats are the one the ones who, who, who want taxpayers to pay for abortion, who want 13-year-old girls to get abortions without their parents ever knowing about it, who want abortion to be allowed of a, a perfectly healthy baby, at a, a viability, 26 weeks. If the mom decides she wants an abortion, Doesn't matter. She can get it. That's the extremism. The American people are not on board for this. The people of Illinois are not on board for this, but they just don't know it. We absolutely need our Republican or Democrat pro-life politicians to be bold in proclaiming the extremism of our opponents. That's the way we will win elections and push back against the extremism of JB and the other pro-abortion extremists
1: eric scheidler with the pro-life action league in the next segment of illinois family spotlight eric will discuss how to keep an abortion center out of your community
0: With a woman to look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone. Street with The Point. Typically, People magazine publishes stories lamenting the reduced access to abortion that's resulted for some women since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. But earlier this month, the magazine published a heartbreaking story lamenting an abortion. Las Vegas mom, Tamika Thomas, unexpectedly lost two pre-born babies, twins, after a local pharmacy wrongfully gave her an abortifacient. Having undergone in vitro fertilization, Thomas was picking up pills she thought were going to help kickstart her pregnancy. Instead, the pharmacist, failing to decipher the doctor's note, prescribed misapristol, a drug used to abort pre-born children within the first 10 weeks of pregnancy. Unaware she'd received misoprostol, Thomas took the pills and lost her children. It's a heartbreaking story, but it's not about victims of bad handwriting. It's about victims. Victims of bad ideas and our culture's upside-down thinking about women, about the pre-born, and about the purpose of medicine. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with the Point.
1: Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Spotlight interviewed Eric Scheidler following a prayer vigil marking the sixteenth anniversary of the opening of the Giant Planned Parenthood Abortion Center in Aurora. Mr. Scheidler is the executive director of the Pro-Life Action League. At the outset I mentioned that this abortion center here in Aurora, Big Planned Parenthood, allegedly opened under false pretenses. Long story there. So my question is this. How do other communities, towns, and cities prevent another Planned Parenthood or another abortion center of any kind coming to their communities? What should they do? What preventive steps can they take?
3: Well, there's so much. And if you go to ProLifeAction.org, you can look up Aurora and you can see the whole long story of all that unfolded here during that first six months that we were out here resisting Planned Parenthood and then eventually building a community to oppose them on the ground once they opened up. Number one is prayer. That's why we started with a prayer vigil, a 40-day prayer vigil that eventually turned into a 56-day prayer vigil and that we've continued to hold every year. We've continued to pray out here. Prayer is number one. And praying at the abortion facilities. It's wonderful to pray anywhere, but being right there where the babies are being killed. Being there to be a witness, a public witness to their moms, mothers and fathers, and being there to mourn for those babies when they are aborted. That's the only gift we can give them this side of eternity, and we should give it with an open heart. We should be there for those children. That's That's the main thing. We spoke out at City Council, we brought to them all the harms of abortion and I can share those with folks who are interested. We hit them up with over a hundred speakers one night talking about what it's like for high school students, what school nurses have seen, emergency room doctors talking about abortion complications, women who regretted their abortions talking about their experience going through um, that experience of shame and then eventually repentance so we shared all those stories. We went door to door. We passed out flyers. We put up yard signs. We went out to the churches. We organized our pastors, our clergy to speak out publicly. We were in the public square every chance we could get. We investigated Planned Parenthood. We discovered that they had been defrauding the city. They lied about who they were. They created a front company and all these things. We sued them in federal court. We sued them in state court. So many things over the years. Hard to put it all into a nutshell, but the point is that there is much that we can do. It's very difficult. Planned Parenthood did eventually open up here but Planned Parenthood has been kept out of places like Livonia, Michigan. Other abortion facilities have been kept out when people organized found that one city council member who was on their side, that one clergyman who was willing to have a conversation with the mayor, all those kind of things. So it's a tough job. The Pro-Life Action League is here to help you do that though. So if you need help resisting abortion in your community, ProLifeAction.org, we will Conference with you. We will look at the ground. We will figure out what your best approach would
1: be. What are some telltale signs that a an abortion center may be coming to your community?
3: Well, what you need to be doing is um, filing Freedom of Information Act requests with your city government, and we can help you do that. It's kind of a technical process, but very doable for regular citizens. Uh, when you see a medical building that only has one small entrance instead of a, a more open kind of a, a floor plan, that's a hint. Uh, we have a, um, a retired nurse on staff. Who um, helps us to do these investigations, and she's been able to recognize in places like Waco, Texas, and others, that yes, this is an abortion clinic. This is not a regular, legitimate medical clinic. So, looking at what you can get from the city planners when documents come in, uh, and then comparing those to what other pro-lifers have to say, if Planned Parenthood, you know, shuts down a facility, often they're going to open something else bigger somewhere else. So that's another thing to be looking for if there's uh, not a Planned Parenthood in your vicinity there's a chance Planned Parenthood might be opening, a, opening up an office. So be on if the there's alert, an open alert.
1: space, beware. Yeah. It could be coming. If, Is this Planned Parenthood doing more than just abortions? They're obviously dispensing abortion drugs, but are they in the transgender business as well?
3: Planned Parenthood has been really shifting their business model for years now, focusing more on the transgender hormone distribution than, in some ways than on abortion. It's puzzling because they've been laying off people they've been you know nationally Planned parenthood has laid off a lot of people you'd think this would be their biggest growth period ever with states like Illinois becoming the dumping ground of abortion for the entire Midwest they've been really dr- driving into that transgender stuff and I think um, they maybe know that that's the way they continue to bring in a, a lot of money because you know per- a person has an abortion that's you know six eight nine hundred dollars one day maybe if it's a, a a medication abortion that goes wrong you get the medication and surgical, so you're gonna maybe get twelve hundred or fifteen hundred dollars out of them. But if someone's on hormones starting today for the rest of their entire life, every month having to get shots or take pills or whatever it is, that's a tremendous revenue flow for Planned Parenthood. It's really about the bottom line for them. We find they have a huge market share in abortion, and I think we're going to see them become the main players in, you know, the transgender hormones area as well. Sadly,
1: we're hearing that in the veto session, they could be pushing assisted suicide talked with a state lawmaker recently he's expecting it. this is a big life issue too
3: that's right i mean they're not content to uh, do away with uh, the children of of the poor and of the undesirables that they don't want to see bringing families into illinois and flourishing here now they're working at the other end of life to dispense with the disabled and the elderly we have seen such horrors being done in the name of compassion It's very difficult to kill a human being. It's incredibly painful. These are supposed to be compassionate, painless deaths, even if that were okay, which it isn't. You know, the painlessness isn't the real problem, it's the murderousness that's the real problem. Even so, these are incredibly painful deaths. They often don't work. They're doing basically live experiments on human beings to see what will kill them. Incredible horrors are happening in the state of Washington and in Canada and in Belgium and the Netherlands and other countries. Um, So we've got to fight this, too, and tell the stories of how horrific this, um, you know, assisted suicide thing has really been, children being killed. You know, a man chose death in Canada when all he really needed was a wheelchair lift so he could get into his apartment. We could give very simple things to people to increase their quality of life, give them compassionate counseling, give them the medical care that they need. Instead, we're letting them kill themselves. People with depression. This is horrible despair that's happening. It's the same kind of despair and hopelessness that's behind abortion. So it, it shares that. It's not only the destruction of innocent human life, it's a council of despair.
1: We have to encourage our lawmakers to say no to this yeah, they, and not take any other steps that promote abortion. It's going to be
3: a tough fight here in Illinois. We're going to fight for every millimeter of ground and they're going to think of new ways and we're going to be there to fight them. We've been winning in court. We, we got a temporary injunction against SB 1909. The, The bill that goes after pregnancy centers and cyber counselors. The right of conscience bill is now also up before Ian Johnson, Judge Ian Johnson. So we're optimistic we'll get a good ruling there. And we have to keep talking to our legislators and saying no more. Stop. Stop the killing of the young and of the old and of
1: everyone. How do people connect with the Pro-Life Action League? You can find
3: us uh, at ProLifeAction.org. You can connect with us at ProLifeAction on Facebook and other social media. We are here to help you. Sign up for email so you know about things happening in the state of Illinois. Get your friends around the country to join the Pro-Life Action League so they can be engaged in their own communities. We're here to help you, equip you, uh, empower you to be a
1: voice for the unborn child in your own community. Thank you. Eric Scheidler with the Pro-Life Action League. Do support this wonderful organization. What's the website again? ProLifeAction.org. All right. Thank you so much. And thank you, folks, for tuning in. Please support the work of the Pro-Life Action League and the Illinois Family Institute. Tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and God bless.
0: For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit IFIAction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at IFIAction.org.